Here we are, episode 27 of Built for Better. Today I had Nick Davidson in. Uh, Nick spoke really, really well. Uh, he's really passionate about the health and fitness industry. He came straight out of school, straight into the industry, working at Vision. Uh, he's now gone on to set up what was his dream, which was a a, f- a farm retreat. Um, but I'm not going to jump into that. I'll let him tell the story. But before we get into it, let's roll the intro. I'm sick of us not doing this right, that's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. I'm sick of us not doing this right, that's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. Wasted energy, spending the pace for every hour of waste. I need an escape to center me. And I don't mean to make a rush for the door, but time's a currency, I'm currently poor. I'll be leaving it soon, I don't mean to be rude, but this scene ain't for me. Like your mom's seeing your nudes. Was that me or you? <laughs> now we're sweet, we're on. Thanks for jumping on, mate. Cheers, buddy. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Been a while. Uh, done a few real movement intensives together. Yep, yep. I go back. I remember doing push press with you up in uh, Brisbane. I think that's where we kicked off our relationship. So, wanted <laughs> okay. to throw some tips. Crazy time, uh, Brisbane was. Yeah, yeah. That's some real honesty on that camp. That was good fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's one way to. Yeah. <laughs> what um what's been happening with you mate tell us a little bit about your own training at the moment yeah so uh i've had a little bit of a shift at the moment i'm um usually i find myself trying to have multiple focuses and uh you know trying to get this mobility better and this strength better and then you know still have an engine to go to a marathon or a spartan race but uh, at the moment i'm purely focused on uh one arm chin up just following a program by a guy called uh, Devin Keeley. Uh, he's uh, based in Bali at the moment. But yeah, so it's, it's two two-hour training sessions a week. Uh, I'm doing some other stuff, but that's all maintenance, and I'm, I'm just like tunnel vision towards this chin-up, which is quite cool. I've never really uh, trained that way before. If my rest, my food, my training, everything's based around that program at the moment. So yeah, it's been a nice way to focus and not worry about the other stuff. <laughs> Chin up, two-handed. So two-handed? Uh, I'm sitting around 20. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, a good, that, is that a good number to try and make the switch to one end? Yeah, yeah. So basically, he, he had a, uh, a good way of putting it. And it's kind of like, I guess that's why I uh, jumped up for his program because it aligned with what I believe in that. Uh, there's certain standards you want to hit, right? So it's it's to be able to get in the same way you train for a normal chin up the first time for someone who's building strength. Like you want to make sure that you've got the eccentric uh, to actually perform a one arm eccentric for yeah. five to ten seconds, and then the other marker would be that you can get in uh, depending on what your body weight's at a fifty percent weighted chin up. So I'm eighty kegs, so to have an extra forty kilos hanging off me. Um, and then to be able to get, yeah, 20 plus, uh, underhand chin-ups or pull up overhand up to you. Um, yeah, they were, they were kind of, uh, his, his, and I guess my own subjective markers that I like to hit. Yeah. And can you get yeah, the eccentric on both uh, arms? One arm? Yeah. Yeah, man. But it, it's, it's crap. <laughs> it's like, yeah, my max is kind of, you know, that five to 10 second range. Uh, any, anything beyond that, you're just falling. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's tough. What's the journey like? Do you think is it a six months? Yeah, well, basically, I've got this 12 week program that I'm going to cycle uh, until I get some really good progress from it. And um, it, I, I do think it's going to be six to 12 months for me because I feel like uh, my starting point uh, is quite far away. Because, like, really, if I'm hanging in the one arm, I can scat pull. But like I can't, you know, I can't break the elbow and get the bicep going. So I've uh, like much more than a little bit, you know. So yeah, I I, agree. I definitely think it's going to be at least six months of consistent effort. So if I get through this twelve week cycle two two times, then I'll kind of see where I'm at from there. Yeah, yeah, and I imagine most people who are doing one arm chins probably aren't eighty kilos either. No. Yeah, yeah, some of them, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But then I guess this guy I'm following is pretty, <laughs> he's pretty built. So, but yeah, most of them classically, it's it's like rock climbers. They're the guys who are repping up on chins. You know, their, their strength to weight ratio is ridiculous, and their grip strength. So, 
Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I'm confident I'll get there. And what other training are you substituting with that? Uh, well, it's a big pulling. It's two hours twice a week of all upper body pulls, right? So to get the most out of that session, uh, I'm making sure that I'm not hitting heavy deads, heavy ollies, because, you know, as you know, that's a lot of like heavy central nervous system pulling that will affect my chin-up days, because if I go and do that, and then i got to get three sets of 10 weighted chin-ups or uh, eccentric. Uh, chins in the program, they're just going to they're not going to be as good basically so uh, I'm just making sure that the other training doesn't affect that uh, so the, the other days are a press day so there's two days of press so handstands and then lots of you know weighted dips things like that overhead press to keep uh, keep my handstand skill up and keep improving on some press work to keep balance and then also two days of legs so I just tack that on afterwards after the handstand work so uh, it'll be about, yeah, to summarize that, <laughs> two two-hour pulling days and then about four other sessions that'll be either handstands and legs or handstands and pressing. Yeah, push. yeah, sometimes to get one big target, you just need a whole in solely focus on that, don't you? Like, if yeah. it's in the background, like, if it's just like, yeah, I'm kind of working towards that, long journey. Yeah, as you'd know, especially the way we train, we like to try and progress in every single area at once. So <laughs> it's good to just kind of, allow, I, I think, separate that need to have my splits, have my heavy back squat, have my one-arm chin-up and just kind of get one, get some serious progress in one area while I maintain the others and then you know, go again on the other areas after that. Yeah, that's great. Let's rewind a little bit. Tell us a little bit what your growing up was like, what you're like at school, how you end up in the health and fitness industry. Yeah, cool. Cool, man. I, um, I grew up on the northern beaches in Sydney. Very, very cruisy lifestyle. I think I always looked at school as more just fun than actually there to learn heaps and heaps. <laughs> Not that I didn't learn, but I, I lived for basketball before school, during lunch break, during recess break, and then after school. It was just all about the sport and the time with mates. So uh, I think as soon as I finished school, I quickly realized I school I, I realized I wanted to stay in that space in the sport in the human movement and in that kind of community fun kind of vibe uh, so then I you know just kind of fell into a PT course it kind of ticked the boxes without me taking school too seriously I didn't get the uh, grades to become uh, what I thought I was going to do which was maybe a physio uh, in one of the Sydney ones Sydney universities but um I also wasn't too attached to that or needed that or nor did I want to go and do years and years of more studies. So PT worked perfectly because I just started that and then I could start training people and uh, I, I found that uh, I got so much reward from working with other people and, you know, like that, that feeling of doing something you couldn't do before and seeing progress in your life and then sharing that with other people so they could do the same. Yeah, I'm happy to do this for life. Like that's kind of what set in for me there and, uh, I'm sure I'll have lots of different um, <laughs> different uh, positions throughout health and fitness through my life, but yeah, at the moment it's it's coaching people and I'm loving that. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. When did you did you get did you finish year twelve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so, jump straight into your PT ticket, and then you're on the gym yeah, floor yeah. at what eighteen? Uh, yeah, yeah, eighteen, nineteen. That's it. Yeah, so I. I Sold shoes at Paul's Warehouse for about six months, <laughs> and then I, after that, I uh, got my shit together and started coaching some clients. I started off with you know friends, uh, friends' mums, and people in the park, you know, and then eventually fell into a uh, got a job at a Vision and worked there for seven years. So I got a lot of skills there in terms of sales and managing other trainers and also getting client results. Um, and then yeah, progressed on from there. But that was my background. Yeah. What was your main learning from working at a big box gym? Uh, well, yeah, they're a little bit different. Hey, so they're, they're kind of small, uh, small, it's like 100 to 200 square, but the big box in that they're franchised. Yeah, totally. Uh, so for me was, um, I, I could see some people out there doing CrossFit and obviously I've met so many amazing coaches uh, afterwards who are, who are physically so capable, but the, the actual sales and the, uh, the ability to communicate with clients and, and manage people was the biggest thing for me. Like having a system in place that 
did all the programming and everything for you could have, could have felt like a bit of a restriction, but really like you walk away with the ability to talk to people, sell people, manage your own business and manage your own database and have systems in place that make that quite easy for you. So I think I, my biggest learning would be recognizing the value of systems uh, and, and then also the ability to communicate and sell. Like, that's huge. Having confidence in that area, not being worried about asking about money, uh, that was that was big. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm actually working on my, like, before I got on this, like, trying to create systems because I've just opened a gym and then, like, three years in, now I'm starting to think about systems and how important they are. Like, when it was just me working solely and solely, it's not such a big issue, but now that I've got coaches, it's, like, a really big issue and it's something that would have been a good experience for me for sure. And the other thing about sales too, like me picking up the phone initially, like I was like shitting, eh? Like it's what <laughs> I'm putting for me as like they've put their details in. That phone call you're making is the opportunity to change their life. Like it sort of turned yeah. out it's not really a sales call anymore. Totally. And it, it, it's like it's finding out uh, that reason that you feel like that as well. Like I, everyone goes through that, right, especially me, like, nervous kid who never had to do anything like that you come out of school and all of a sudden you got to sell like i did sell some shoes which made it a little bit easier maybe but uh you, you, you find out what's the reason behind it like it's is it the fear of failure is it the fear of them saying no is it that you don't think you're worth how much you want to ask them for like all those kind of things like finding out what that is and then just dropping that because it's nonsense <laughs> and recognizing that you have you have a gift to give and you know that's that's why they've inquired so i think I, I, and what I coach other coaches to do is really attach sales to actually just giving your gift. Um, and then you start to think like you, you start to get not so attached to the, the monetize, monetization of it and the materialism of it. And you just start to recognize it's just a trade. You just trade. It's like trading a chicken for a, uh, you know, a workout. <laughs> you, you, they're just trading the money, what they've got. Uh, for your service, for your gift, and, and then it becomes a whole different ballgame. It's, it's, you know, it's not a problem anymore. So, well, that's how I went about it anyway. <laughs> yeah, 100%. What were the steps after your seven years of vision? Uh, after that, so I kind of, towards the end of it, uh, I was in a position where I felt like I needed to uh, get external motivation. For inspiration outside of um, what I was already learning in Vision, because I kind of climbed the ranks, and the next step with is either to open my own franchise, which I, I actually tossed up doing for a long time, uh, or uh, go out and do my own thing afterwards. Because I, I hit every goal that I had. You know, I, I doubled the business's fortnightly income. I managed an awesome team of trainers who I loved, and uh, you know, working with 200 plus clients who are in that gym doesn't sound like a lot, but team of 10 trainers it was a good profitable uh business but i, I kind of hit the point where i was like i've i've done what i wanted to do here i've kicked all the goals and i now have a bit of a ceiling on how many people i can help uh so i, I guess through uh lots of different courses uh, you know I, I did real movement project as you know with you and keegan i uh did intensives with uh, an intensive with ito portal for four days um, I went to all sorts of different workshops on biohacking and, you know, running business. And I just kind of got to the point where I was like, I love all these intensives and these workshops and all I want to do is bottle them up and give them to people. <laughs> so, you know, as a lot of us say, we've got a decade of experience and all this kind of stuff. But, but for me, I, I just, I dived into personal development and then I found that I had a lot to give and I loved working with trainers. They, they were my... Uh, I guess go to to teach. That's why my real passion is. I'll never leave the bread and butter of working with uh, gem pop, working warriors and athletes. But for me, working with trainers uh, who are looking for both the ability to learn how to train and move better themselves, but also run business and get good results for people and make some money. So uh, uh, that became my passion, and that's where I launched uh, my business, Rise. So and I run those experiences myself, and I bottle up everything I know and put them into those weekends, and they're epic. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Let's not get into Rise just yet. Tell us a little bit oh, more sorry. about Can't that Edo Portal. Um, yeah, man. So so that was a four-day documentary for anyone listening. I've watched it. Do you know what it is off the top of your head? Oh, no, you got me there. Anyways, if you I actually, I actually haven't that. seen it. Yeah, it's cool. Hi. Yeah. Uh, I, I knew about him through his work with Conor McGregor and 
uh, obviously he was getting pretty popular at the time. And I saw the course and it was four days and it was uh, 1800 bucks. And I'm looking at it going, I can't afford that course, but if it's going to be 1800 bucks, he's world renowned and it's four days, I've got to go. <laughs> Where was that at? So I, uh, that was at a gym, it's sort of in the outskirts of Sydney. Yeah, just some, it was some boxing gym, some massive facility. So I've, uh, I think that was probably one of my first examples of uh, what you can earn in from presenting and taking workshops face to face because I paid that much thinking it was going to be a small group and I turned up and there was about a hundred people there so I was like this guy's doing all right on four days <laughs> so it was him and him and uh, I think yeah two other coaches with him there that worked underneath him uh, Odelia and Johnny and um, basically we'd get split into groups he'd do some big presentation and. Uh, give us all some buy-in, some real value, and you know, basically tell us how poor we are at movement, <laughs> like in the Edo's only way that he does. But uh, then he'd demonstrate what we were going to do. We'd split up into groups. We'd go do it, and we covered everything. You know, it's it was mobility, it was handstands, it was strength, and then it was locomotion, which was so much fun. That was something I've never experienced before. We he massive like thousand square meter room. He turned the music on and he's got his own playlist. You can find it on Spotify, you know, Portal. And um, we just had – he would walk out, literally like flying V style. He would walk out and we'd have to mirror what he did. And we'd have to move like he did across this room and then back. And, oh, man, it was awesome. There, there was one particular song that came on. And uh, I'm sure everyone has this feeling when you go to a music concert and you, you hear like a Chili Peppers song or whatever it might be. And, you know, whenever you hear that song afterwards, it takes you back to being at that concert. There's this one song we did with Ido called uh, Mikorazan, I think it's called. I probably can't say it right. Um, but, man, when I hear that song now, my heartbeat just goes up and I can just remember being there sweating and moving with those hundred people and just the feeling you had of progress but also that oneness of, like, we're all here to get better. Uh, we're all here with this expert. That's sick. <laughs> How good. And yeah. what's made you so hungry to um, want to dive into self-development because – I mean, it's so easy to just cruise through life. Like, what is it that you um, that drives you towards that? Yeah, it's it's it's. Well, I guess it comes back to not. It comes back to it is my purpose. I find like my my life very much is about progress. Uh, I've gotten more and more clear on that over the years. Like, I love the feeling of getting better, but uh, just that isn't enough for me because you, you can get a bit obsessed with yourself. It becomes egotistical and that's fatiguing just to focus on yourself and you getting better and everything. So I, I found out what I really do it for and that's to, uh, that's to be able to share it with other people. So I can only go so far myself, but if I can learn stuff and then share that with a hundred people, they're going to share that with a thousand people. Like that's, that's the real big driver for me is, is how many people can I help? How many people can I influence? And then what's the greater effect on that? Like, for, for example, specifically for me is the health and fitness industry. Like, how many coaches or how many people can I work with and share what I've learned through the personal development um, to actually have a, a, a bigger effect on the industry as a whole? Yeah. Yeah, there's an opening, isn't there? Because you come out of what, a, like, a, anywhere from two to six month course. And thrown yeah. straight into PT and, like, you learn nothing, essentially. Exactly. Well, well, you learn nothing. And then for the amount of people that are – I'm not saying that they're hurting people, but they take 20 clients, 30 clients to really realize what it's all about. And it's like uh, we could just take that practical experience so much further. And, you know, number one, that trainer is going to have a more successful career because there's a huge dropout rate of those. And then number two, the people they actually work with, you know, they'll get lessons for life. They won't have to get retaught how to deadlift 10 times or how to eat, you know. It's, it's, they'll get it from the beginning because that's, you know, that's what the professional's there for, not there to injure you or to fuck up your digestive system. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if I can swear on you. but no, I go yards, mate. <laughs> oh, it's Logan's podcast. I should know that. <laughs> uh, sweet. Let's uh, let's jump into Rise. Let's tell the li- what is Rise. Yeah. So so Rise. Like hence, I was talking about progress before. I spent quite a while <laughs> trying to find a word that represented uh, moving forward, moving upward, and for me, that was Rise because. Uh, I think in everything we do, we're not trying to stay the same or go backwards. That's pretty 
I think I don't think anyone would agree with that. Well, maybe some would, but anyway, for me particularly, it's all about progress, and and I love sharing progress with other people because that's what makes you feel alive, better than yesterday, and you know everyone wants that in their life. So. Uh, I guess it comes from my purpose, and then the vehicle for that is is uh, health and fitness, uh, working through people's uh, cognition and their and their physical performance is the best way to give them that I've found, or that's the best way I can give it that I'm passionate about. So, so rise rise was born out of that, and uh, as part of that, I'm lucky enough to have our setup on the family farm in the Southern Highlands where I run our training experiences and. Uh, I, I basically tied it to our four pillars, which we believe in, uh, which is move, think, fuel, and lead. Uh, move, obviously, that's the physical part. Uh, that's the part we love and everyone gets obsessed with and, you know, we like to watch, we like to see, we get inspired by. Uh, I think is the, I guess, the alternative side for me, that's, that's the, you know, that's the books we read, that's the cold therapy, that's the breathing techniques, that's the meditation, the reflection, uh, the daily pages, whatever it might be, your morning routine covering that side that is really what can take your cognition to the next level to you know lock in those habits i guess that are for life getting rid of the bad ones keeping the good ones you know they change throughout life i feel straight up it, we've got fairly simple principles but for us they're valuable because you can't go anywhere without focusing on what your nutrition and what your recovery is doing so we're all about fueling the body rather than restricting or dieting or any of these topics so it's about fueling yourself for optimum performance. And then uh, lead, which was, I guess, one that uh, is close to my heart, which is uh, I believe the role of a leader is to create more leaders. So like, if, if you are in a position where you have a team under you or a family, whatever it might be, which we all are, uh, our role really is to set up the next generation, the next, well, that's your legacy really, is setting up more leaders to be able to, succeed further than you go because i guess anyone who's mentoring or has a protege or a client like your goal at the end of the day is to make them better than you are and if you've done them that that's pretty successful or get them to your level depending on where you're at so yeah i guess that's a very (laughs) in-depth background of rise but what is rise rise essentially is uh short uh uh training intensives over three to four days Uh, i run them out of our family farm and then also we've got uh, Spain and Bali experience, which are on hold at the moment, but they'll be cracking in next year. Um, and yeah, it's an opportunity for people to be challenged both physically and mentally to to become a better version of themselves and get the most out of their life. Yeah, 100%. Let's tell us what a typical four-day experience at Rise looks like. Three, five yeah, so... So I'll give you the I'll give you the farm experience because that's probably the most relevant. It's going to be the most, the soonest to open back up again. <laughs> um, so people come down uh, in groups of four to eight. So I keep it quite small because I like to make sure I can get some time and contact with each person. Uh, they'll come down Friday afternoon. Um, we'll stay till Sunday afternoon, and and in that time we'll get through ten different movement workshops. So that'll be gymnastics, Olympic weightlifting, strength part one and two strongman workshop, mobility workshop, and a locomotion workshop. They're sort of like a bodyweight movement calisthenics workshop, all included in one. So my, my goal with that is to expose them to as many different training techniques as possible because if a group of bodybuilders come down and, you know, I, I take them through a strongman or a gymnastic session, it's going to open their mind into parts of training they might have been missing. And then the flip side, you know, you get a group of, let's say marathon runners or crossfitters, whatever it might be, you expose them to some bodybuilding style training or something that might be missing. That's where I can really, I guess, give some people some benefits because uh, opening their eyes to the rest of the world and exposing yourself to different training techniques can just give you those little added bonuses that help you improve to your optimum. Uh, on top of that, I guess the uh, the think principles. So then there's going to be juggling workshops, uh, as you know, loads, we get around that. Uh, some breathing workshops, uh, depending on the group, cold therapy workshops. So, yeah, like I was talking about before, there'd, there'd be those just kind of sprinkled throughout uh, and, and always opportunities to step up as, uh, as a leader as well. So whether it be, you know, a group workout where one person has to step up to do more reps or whatever it might be, uh, there's an opportunity to, I guess, rise up, <laughs> for lack of a better word. And then the best part, so... 
everyone comes down for my training, but everyone stays for the beautiful food my fiance makes. <laughs> so the, the fuel, the fuel, the food is off the hook. It's organic, seasonal, farm-to-table food. You'll get nothing better, and it's all tailored to each. As like epic as it sounds, tailored to each session. So you know, if there's a big central nervous system session like the uh, strongman on the Sunday morning, then the fuel on the Saturday night and the Saturday morning is just going to be, Sunday morning is going to be uh, ideal for that in terms of what's involved. Yeah. So that's a, that's a rough idea, but on, on the other stuff that I don't program, that's uh, I make sure there's time for, it's just the bonding. Like, like we're chatting right now, you know, you get a group of eight people who are like-minded um, down at the farm and sharing that training experience and also, you know, seeing what they're capable of is just gold. Yeah, you can't buy that. What have been some of your highlights from previous groups? I just, I just can't believe the stories. That's what always surprises me. Like, I, you know, I can plan awesome training workshops and things like that, and I know I'm going to teach them some things and share some value. But uh, I, a big key in my whole event is honesty, and I, I kicked that off on Friday night with a, uh, an honesty chat, which I always start with, and we go around the table to hear everyone's, you know, whatever they feel like sharing, their, their past, their present, their future, uh, and just some of the stuff that comes up where you hear what people have been through, both good and bad, and what they're capable of. It, it's just incredible. and it, it always, I guess, challenges me uh, to go bigger and better and be more honest and, um, and, and set bigger goals because you hear some stuff. It's incredible. Yeah, so that's, that's probably what I get out of it, and I love every time. But I think for the people who come down being down there in nature and shutting off from their phone a bit and learning some new stuff and sharing it with people. It's just, you know, that's the stuff you really, really remember. Yes. And uh, what was the kind of thing that clicked the idea in your head? Like you mentioned the workshops kind of um, enlightenment to start, but obviously this yeah. was an idea for a long while. What was I think every, the reality? Yeah, I, I think every coach... Uh, Probably. Well, I'd like to think every coach has that moment. Where they go, I just wish I could get this person away for like four days, and I could really show them how to eat and how to train and how to sleep. <laughs> so I think there was a little bit of that. It was like I just wanted to give people more. Uh, I wanted to give them more value. I wanted to show them what they're really capable of, and, and put them in circumstances where they can see that you know they are worth it. Uh, they are capable, of it. And, and there's more than what they think there is in terms of their limitations and. Now, that's where my tagline comes in, realize your potential, because I, I just, I like, I like to think I see a lot more in a lot of people, not that I'm going to force it on them, but like if they're willing to do more and they want to do more, then, you know, I'm prepared to be that person that's levitating for it. So and that was the defining factor for me was to give them, I was getting these amazing experiences that I was spending lots of money and going around to lots of different places to do, but I just wanted to then create it to share it with people that I value it. And what's the vision? What's the five-year vision, ten-year vision? Five-year or ten-year? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a five-year, all the, all the big dogs uh, come up to my mind is I'm engaged at the moment, so getting married is a, is a very exciting step for me. I can't wait Have for that. Have you got a date? Uh, we're not with everything that's going on, but, yeah, next, it'll be next year with everything at the moment, so early next year, hopefully, is the plan. Um. Five years, though, definitely three kids. I'll have to give you a call up a few times for some inspiration and some talking to. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, three kids. And, and uh, we've actually been living at the farm at the moment. I've recognized how much I love the lifestyle. So that's been a real shake-up for me from apartment life in Sydney. So uh, I know that I'm originally to from the country life. Uh, no, she's from New Zealand, actually. So, no, same thing. She was in Auckland. Uh, and is she loving it? She is. There's parts, you know, there's like seeing your friends and having the convenience of some shops that we're getting used to. Um, you know, you've actually got to do your shop ahead of time. You can't just go back to the shops every day. <laughs> um, but no, we're, we're, we really like it in terms of being in nature and, you know, screen times down and things like that. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely the beach is what we need. That's ingrained in both of us from the beginning. We both grew up. I grew up in Manly. She grew up in New Zealand by the beach. So uh, we know we need that back. But yeah, no, no, no. I definitely love the lifestyle. There's, there's some parts of it that have been eye-opening, 
which is surprising, which is cool. Yep. So married, kids. What about with Rise? Five years. Five years, yeah, it comes into that uh, influencing the health and fitness industry. So for me, I'd really like to be setting the standard and be an influential uh, figure of working with what the standards are and how to go about those principles, you know. Um, so I'd love to have the program that PTs and coaches will look to when either they finish their course or maybe it'll eventually be part of their course um, just to really raise that standard because – I think we're capable of so much more and we can do so much better. So um, being influential in that, now I could put a number on that working with, you know, a million different people, but just directly, if I can directly work with a hundred coaches and and really get really good result with that, coaches, PTs, gym owners, um, that's big for me. You know, if they go through my six months sort of program that I'm about to launch, then happy days for that. That's, that's really good. Yeah, good. Um, so a lot of people listening to this will probably, you've worked with a lot of, like, not just trainers, but, um, like, athletes or gen pop or whatever yeah. you want. What are some of the tips? Like, you would have got some really good transformations. What are some tips for transformation for the guys who want to make a bit of a change? Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people probably say this, but for me, it's the foundations. Like, uh, if we were to approach it, and I think I might have picked up part of this from Keegan as well. Uh, you probably know this one. It's, it's coming back to step one, are you injured or are you sick? And if you are, you need to be applying something to get that better. But, you know, you can't jump straight to running a marathon if you're sick and injured. Uh, step two, get your body composition sorted. So, again, if you're not addressing that as part of your training program, skipping a step and I don't mean you have to be at a certain weight or a certain body fat I mean can you move pain free have you got limitations on being able to do certain things Uh, that's where you need to take that into consideration and also for your health of course and then step three what are you specializing in because like at the moment I'm going for it on my one arm chin up so uh, it doesn't need to be that extreme like it could be that you're specializing in getting 20 push-ups a day for 30 days you know whatever that might be for you just have that primary focus because when you think about the word priorities it, it's really it's one word it's one it should be one <laughs> it shouldn't be priorities we got confused whenever someone started to make it multiple you should have one priority and then you know you can have other focuses that you're maintaining and putting a little bit of time into but there should just be one defining factor that you're really going for and getting that right uh, the juggling act is possible but that takes time and skill to get used to it's not just something like all right i'm gonna take on juggling making more money having a bigger chin up you know all this kind of stuff you can't just do that once it's it's all right i'm working on my chin up program it's two times two hour sessions per week if i can get a couple of weeks in a row maybe two weeks in a row all right, now I'll start adding a leg session on a Monday. You gradually build. You get better at it, you know. You, you, your mind and your body start to adapt to doing more work. You don't forget things. You don't make mistakes because you get overwhelmed if you try to take it all on too quickly. So I guess I'm segueing there. But as you're saying, have those first three priorities down so you know what you're really focusing on for your program and then actually take that on and focus on what is your number one priority. Uh, and then from a training point of view, Get the foundation right. So body weight strength to ratio is key. You know, mobility strength through range. If you're going to start a program like I see so many people do and go to a marathon or go to a bodybuilding competition and then get injured or get sick halfway through just because your body's not adapted to be able to take on that workload or doesn't have a background in that kind of training, then, you know, you're just going to constantly uh, – reset that behavior in your mind you're going to keep telling yourself to just take on something bigger and bigger and bigger and you just keep getting injured it's like do the right foundations and build your way up and and number one have a good coach like logan because he'll get you there <laughs> and one thing i've loved watching you on socials is your ability to get clients to do chin-ups you must be proud of that yeah buddy uh, it's it's one of my favorite like that's the same thing. If, if you're missing those uh, basic strength-to-weight ratio exercises, it, it's just you're missing such a good part of life. Uh, I might be jumping here around here, Logan, because I don't know if you're going to ask me this, but uh, I tie it into one of my favorite quotes. Is, it's by a guy called Socrates, and it says, um, it's a disgrace for, a, I'll say a human, rather than he says a man, it's a disgrace for a human to go through life without experiencing the strength and beauty their body is capable of. Like, 
a body weight chin up to pull your own body weight from a hanging position all the way out is so rewarding and it feels so good to be able to do it. And I think everyone should experience that in their life. So, you know, having that foundation to be able to do a push up, do a squat, climb, you know, all those kinds of run, all the basics, like it feels so good to be able to do that stuff and to skip that and try to do something that's kind of beyond you at the moment is it's just not fair on you because as much as you've got to grind and do the hard work in the beginning and get these things down, if you can get that stuff down, then uh, the other stuff becomes not only easier but more enjoyable. It's not going to cause your body harm. You're actually going to – I remember running my first marathon – that I ran for myself because I ran so many of my clients and my joints would hurt from running at other people's paces and trying to do it like that and just running to run compared to when I actually ran it for myself and did the right training program for it and it was purely muscular. My calves were blown up at the end but it was muscular. It wasn't joint pain and it felt so good. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> One of my highlights of a coach is um, a couple of – it's like seeing ladies do it because they think that it's not possible but to see the yeah. – when they get their first chin is, is cool so good so good and like a same as a great push-up you know with really good form no like floppy technique no t-shape in the elbows like when you get a movement right and it feels good like, it's so rewarding and yeah the chin-up's the ultimate right because it's pulling your body weight up like it doesn't feel the same you'd have to load a bar, a bar up for a back squat or a heavy deadlift chin-up's the ultimate ultimate strength to weight ratio exercise and that's why i love it so yeah no, it is cool. It, it's it's like you said though. It's 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 just a proven method to follow. So, if if people if you know the path you got to go, you got a good coach, or you know the program you got to follow to get there, then it's not a problem. But conditions of being able to hang, being able to scat pull, you know, being able to do the eccentric phase of it, then it's not going to happen. Well, not well anyway. A hundred percent. Obviously, it's changed direction a little bit because you're so focused. Um, chin but like what I've loved about watching your training on social media is your ability to really focus on your mobility because obviously my mobility is so bad and I know the work it takes to get to where you are but among that you're also banging out your heavy squats you're your hobby lifts and you're doing your strongman work and you're out on the dip bars doing pull-ups like you're really hitting every discipline yeah yeah I, and I think hopefully that uh, aligns with what I've been talking about in terms of progress because, you know, to progress just in one area and not explore the other areas would kind of go against what I believe because, you know, if you've got a weakness and you just avoid it, then uh, you, you never get to experience what it would feel like for that part of your life to feel good. Like if you never look at your finances, you never look at your bank account, <laughs> you're never going to take control of it, that kind of thing. It's the same thing. So if you never want to do a squat, you're never going to get better at squats. So. But yeah, I, I, for me, it's a professional thing as well, which makes it even more motivating because if I want to be able to teach all those different things, I need to be skilled at it. And I, I can't help, I can't fathom teaching something that I can't do myself. Like, it, you know, for example, I'm not teaching anyone to do backflips right now. I don't know how to do a backflip. Like, I, it's on my list for sure, but I, I wouldn't go out there and do that if I didn't know how to do it. So, and if I couldn't demonstrate it really well. So that, that's added motivation for me. But yeah, it's it's in progress, Logie. Just like you know, you get that desire to want more and learn more and to be able to do everything. Like I love seeing what people can do online and in different places and in person. I just go, I want to be able to do that. Hundred <laughs> percent. What are some um, some movements that you've worked really hard for that have kind of really taken a lot of, I guess, discipline? Handstand. Handstand was a big one. Yeah. Uh, as much as I do it all the time now. What's that? What's your record handstand? Uh, I got the minute. Yeah, I got the minute hold. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's one of those numbers you kind of set and then I want to go beyond it, but I'm like, we'll leave that for when I can really apply myself to it again. <laughs> I mean, anyone with a, I mean, 30-second handstand even, you know they've been disciplined. You can't get up yeah. every day like it's, you know, someone's into the gym bang out 120-pound squat or whatever, but that doesn't, a handstand, that doesn't happen. Exactly. I think that's my favorite part of it. It's it's looking at someone who's done the work and it's the same as getting that chin up like you talked about before. Like it, You can see that they've done the work. No one just kicks up because, yes, there's strength, but there's also balance, there's mobility. No one just kicks up with a perfect line and holds it for a minute or 30 seconds, whatever we're talking about. And just because, you know, they've done the work for years. It, it's taken time. Like, to get my hands down to a position that I'm really happy with, 
work and just maintain it. it. It was three years of work and there was a lot of failed self-taught exercises and I had to clean up my line, bring my hands close together, relearn some stuff. And no, But that's what I love about it. It's, it's, that, it's endless, really. It's like juggling, you know. Your handstand doesn't end. It, you can do a straddle handstand, a tuck, stall to press, all those things. There's so many games to it. And, and that's that ongoing progression that I love about it. And what about strength numbers? Is there a few things that you've really like worked really hard to try and like a specific number that you've gunned for? Yeah, well, my my back squat, my quads, and my uh, I guess compression you know, in terms of spine, so my vertical uh, squats and whatnot, um, they were always my biggest weakness. And you know, I, I've got a quite a good jump with a basketball background, but I've got a really strong I guess posterior, like. My, my deadlift is big, but my squat was always little. So I, I put a lot of time into that and getting more ankle mobility. So I guess two big ones that uh, in that area, apart from the handstand that I worked really hard at, were uh, a resting squat. I did one for uh, 15 minutes as part of an Edo Portal challenge. Uh, he gets his students up to 30 minutes. I was just doing it every day to see where I could get to. And 15 minutes, I, like as much as I didn't get to the 30, for me that was going to a place I'd never gone to squat longer than five minutes without falling over and I'm talking barefoot on the ground just sitting there for 15 minutes doesn't sound like that much but <laughs> whoever's listening give that a go that's freaking hard <laughs> mentally and physically and you don't think you're going to be able to get back up afterwards um, so there was that and then also my back squat and in no way is this world class or big numbers but for me it was getting to a level that's classified as trained um, and that was a 1.5 back squat so for me at 80 kilos to hit 100 Killer squat, and I followed a uh, small of back squat training program. And to be honest, it's, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Like when you had when you turned up, and you know someone who normally back squats sixty and eighty kilos on the bar and just does a couple of reps here and there and does some programs inconsistently, but then when you do this back to back weeks program that's just accumulating bigger and bigger, and then you get to a week where you know it's 10 by three at like 102 and I'm kind of going, I've never done that before. You know, I don't even know if I'm going to get through that. Um, to then get through that again, that feeling of progress. And it's, it's like, I was wrecked after it, right. After doing that program, but I explored somewhere new that I hadn't been before and what I was capable of. And, uh, it, it made me learn a lot about myself, like regardless of the 120 kilo squat, which I hit, which I was stoked with. Um, it was actually the journey of it that I, I recognized that I'm capable of more and, if I wanted to, I could apply more time to this, do it again, and get that number even higher. So, yeah, yeah. good lesson. Always learning. You always want to be better, aren't you? Like you, like always. You, like goals are written up on the wall. Front squat 120. Like I got that the other day. Like it just goes Big. to 125, doesn't it? Or or whatever. Like you just like yeah. it's just that you get there, and then you want more. You want more. But that's why it's important to celebrate. Like you celebrate your little wins, but there's never an end, is there? No, buddy. Although I've heard it, I've heard that's what tattoos are like. So it's dangerous to start that game. You just want more and more. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't got it. (laughs) Let's wrap it up. Let's jump into these five questions quickly. Tell us about you that no one would know. Uh, Okay, so some people will know, but it's pretty close to most people not knowing. So I was born with only four knuckles. I don't know if you can see my hand there. Yeah. So the pinky knuckle's missing. So the pinky and the uh, ring finger are joined on both hands. Apparently it skips three generations of my family or something. So I guess it's one of those things that, you know, I never did handstands as a kid or whatever and played a lot of basketball and people would often ask whether it would affect me. Most people would never notice it. But, you know, does that affect your handstands? Does that affect your basketball? It's like, no, you just adapt and you're going to work around it. Like, it's not a problem. I've spent a few days with you and I've never noticed <laughs> there you go. Best, best piece of advice you've ever been given. Best piece of advice. Okay, so uh, this is probably given or read is probably how I'm going to turn this around on you. Not so much what I was given, but more a quote that I've memorized. I'll say that, but I won't be able to memorize it. <laughs> uh, memorized, and I, I guess I always comes back to, and it's one that's kind of been used on me. You know, when you kind of preach something and then someone throws it back at you, that kind of thing. Uh, so it's Marianne Williamson. Most people know it from Coach Carter, but it's the Our Deepest Fear quote. So Our Deepest Fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. Uh, sorry, no. Our, our Deepest Fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It's not our darkness, but our light 
that uh, scares us the most. And um, as we let our own light shine, it unconsciously gives others the permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own evil, uh, our presence automatically liberates others. I've got a few words wrong in there, but you get the idea. <laughs> so, so for me, that's that's that one that comes back to you know, like we all shy away from the limelight. We all pass the ball so that someone else can do it, give the job away. Not everyone does, you know. But for me, that was big in my world, and you know, I'm worth it. I'm capable of it. I've got so much to give, so much to share. So put it out there because there's people who want it, like good people who generally want your help, want your service. So no, it's not for everyone, but. Don't be afraid of it because of that, because there's so much to gain uh, if you just get, if you just let it out. And, and the idea of letting it out so that other people can do the same, love that. You know, if I step up and do something silly, and it allows other people to just step up and do something silly that makes them feel alive, they're great. You know, I spark yeah. hands, stand juggling, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that's happened to you that you thought was the worst thing in your life that's turned out to be a blessing? Uh, I had asthma as a kid, really bad hospitalized bad when I was a baby uh, and it took probably uh, my early years to get over it and I went through high school and it kind of disappeared whether that was a combination of uh, sport and uh, just growing up uh, I would always have puffers on me and it was kind of like this thing that I was almost embarrassed of I'd hide the puffers I'd you know, quickly take a puff and put it back in my bag if I felt like I needed it because I was embarrassed of feeling weak uh, and then I got over it and it went away and I was fine, but then in the last five years, uh, we got a cat, which could be allergies. Um, it came back, and for me, I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, this is something that's behind me. I've gotten over it, the embarrassment of it, the weak feeling. It, like, being a health and fitness professional, eating the way I do, training the way I do, to then get an, like, to get an allergy and to get asthma back was just the ultimate slap in the face for me. So there was a period of time again where I guess... I needed to get honest with myself about it and sort of get over the fact that you've got to deal with it, <laughs> confront it, don't just try and hide it. Uh, so in a way, that's been a really good thing for me because when it first happened, like I said, I, I tried to hide it again, but then I recognized like this is part of my story, it's part of who I am. You know, I do the work to actually overcome it now rather than just trying to hide it and have puffers in your pocket and in your bag. Um, so yeah. That, that, it was a blessing in disguise in that it opened up a whole new level of honesty for me and uh, sharing. And, you know, that's the first thing I share when people come down to Rise is letting them know that, like, even though I put up an Instagram video of all these things I can do, like, realistically, I've got my own issues, my own things I'm working through. Uh, that's a two for one, really. It's a, it's a, a health issue plus a, uh, an honesty thing, you know, working through that, so. Which, which I'm, I feel really good about now and I'm very happy to talk about it. So uh, it's, that was a blessing in disguise in a lot of ways. Yeah, so good. It's good to show that vulnerability. I don't think anyone's really killing it in life as much as it might look like it from the outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we kind of already touched on this one. Where do you want to be in five years? Do you want to add anything or we've got it? Yeah, I, I, a big thing for me is travel. Uh, I spent a lot of my early years uh, just working, just managing that gym and working in that shoe stop. Like I didn't really go away too much from both the financial and I didn't want to either. I was like, I live on the beaches, I live in the bubble, I don't need to see the rest of the world, meet other people, and work with friends. So I've, I've woken up a lot more to what's out there. So, you know, that's part of why I'm taking my Spain and Bali experiences overseas and uh, the amazing thing is the people that are booked in for that are like, I've never been to Europe. I'm like, you're kidding me? <laughs> so stuff like that for me, I, I want more experiences. I want to see more of the world. So uh, in that five years, each year will see me going to new countries, new places, new experiences, and hopefully taking groups with me to show them as well. Yeah. Yeah, good. So the Rise experience at Spain's at Mike's gym? It is, yeah, it is. Yeah, so yeah. For and anyone then, uh, listening that hasn't um, seen this and go and have a look it's a crazy place yeah epic and they've just opened back up i've heard i don't know whether they're meant to but they have <laughs> and bali retreat what's the plan there where are you going to train yeah so bali will be in uh not the crazy parts of bali that most people expect there's there's two very different sides to bali there's the one that you see in the news and bali. then there's the health there's the yeah yeah party and get arrested <laughs> and drive a motorcycle and then there's the other side, which is the beautiful side of it, which is, you know, um, the culture, 
the health and fitness side and the beautiful uh, gyms and restaurants and all those things that are available. But for me, it's it's up in uh, sorry down in Uluwatu, which is south of all the Seminyak and all that stuff. Uh, and it's up in the uh, cliffs, basically, and that's where the beautiful surf beaches are at, up in the cliffs. And there's a cool gym there called uh, Bali Training Center uh, with a guy called Jake, who's going to give me a similar setup, I guess, to Mike's, and then I can run my program out of there. Uh, but then also we'll be down at the beach. We'll be going to some of the fire dances and experiencing the culture. And yeah, man, it's awesome time. And both of them, same, delicious food. All will be looked over by my fiance Annika. <laughs> <laughs> If anyone yeah. wants to go, let's uh, – oh, sorry, favourite quote. We'll talk about that in a minute. Favourite quote, yeah. Like it is that uh, our deepest fear, um, and I love that Socrates quote, but uh, I'll give you one more in that um, uh, it's part of Napoleon Hill actually. It's called uh, – it goes, a leader is a dealer in hope. So nice and simple. Um, I like that one though. You know, you, you give people hope of a better opportunity, a better day, and I think everyone should be doing that for their family, for their community, for their friends, for their clients, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Where can the listeners reach out and find you where you're most active? Yeah, so you can find me on social media on Instagram. It's probably my most active place. Uh, Rise with Nick is my personal account. Otherwise, Rise Performance. Easy to remember. Find that one. And uh, I've got a link tree on there and also my website. Uh, you'll find uh, ability to describe to my new monthly email that's coming out, which is some free content for everyone who's on that first of every month that goes out. So jump on. It'll come out soon. Yeah, I need to jump on that stuff. I think it's going to get off. Um, and like Bali and Spain and stuff, if anyone wants to go on like they can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The dates will be changing a little bit. Obviously, with everything going on this year, they'll be likely next year. Uh, but yeah, we've got a few spots in both of those lifters. Do you have Bali booked? In Spain. Bali's booked. Yeah, yeah. So it was, have it was it August. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I had like a Bali it. retreat booked as well. Filthy. Uh, no, way. Empire Fit, wasn't it? Yeah. Empathic? Yeah, cool. That's an epic place. Well, mate, very well spoken. Thanks for giving me your time and appreciate it. My pleasure, Logie. It's always good to chat, mate. We'll, uh, we'll catch up soon. Definitely. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more wasted energy spending a pace for every hour of wait. I need an escape to center me. And I don't mean to make a rush for the door, but time's a currency, I'm currently poor. I'll be leaving it soon, I don't mean to be rude, but this scene ain't for me like your mom's seeing your nudes. Thanks for listening, guys. If you liked it, take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram story, tag Logan Thorpe and Logan Thorpe Fitness. Uh, if you haven't done so already, make sure you jump over and leave a review. Till next time.